The scripture reading today is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verses 1 to 3, 9, and 33. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a, person, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. We uh, thank you, Father, for uh, your word. Lord, we ask your blessing, Father, as we consider it and as we think on it this morning. Lord, take this time and use it, Father, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In, uh, in our lives, we've uh, transitioned to the moment, which I know fa other, many families have already gone through, but for us it's new. Our kids are getting ready to consider colleges. Wow. Talk about overwhelming. You know, when I was a kid, you know, back in the Stone Age, and uh, it was fairly easy in California, you know, he had a great university public system. It was, you know, relatively cheap, really good schools, UCLA, Cal, Berkeley, you know, went to UCSB myself. It was a fairly easy set of decisions. I mean, it was still, you had to pick a college, but it was pretty honed in and it was gonna be, a, wasn't, you know, it wasn't gonna bankrupt you or anything. But nowadays, at least here, as you're looking from where we are, it's the, the choice seems literally endless and the costs <laughs> endless. You're like, how do you pick? How do you choose your course? How do you make these kind of decisions? And to our point today, you know, we're people who want to follow Jesus with our lives, right? We believe that God kind of guides our lives and leads them. How do we follow God in this? I mean, all of us, I, all of us have plenty of decisions, right? It's not just we, we're looking at colleges, but decisions are all the times. We're making choices about our paths, you know, every day. How do we understand how God leads us and guides us? You know, what does that actually look like? That's what we want to talk today about. Um, we're back, you know, we're in our series, The Wise Life, How to Live a Life of Wisdom from the Book of Proverbs. And today we're talking about guidance from God. You know, we've talked about the ultimate wise life, the ultimate life of wisdom is to, again, be, you know, to be as we were intended to be. You know, in some ways to get back to the very heart of creation as we are in fellowship with God and walking with him. And that is ultimately what the life of wisdom is about. So what, but yet we live in this broken world. How do we, you know, how do we follow God? How do we understand it? And particularly from the book of Proverbs. Now, interestingly enough, Proverbs actually is a book that people often go to, you know, for this very subject, right? Oftentimes you pull up verses and they're from the book of Proverbs. So that's, that's where we'll start. Let's look at some of the Proverbs on the subject of getting guidance from God and our planning and our ways we go. And then ask a little bit about what's the kind of underlying logic behind this? You know, why, are, why, why do they teach what they do? Because it actually almost feels like it teaches a bit of a quandary. And then lastly, we'll ask practically, what does that look like in our lives? So the book of Proverbs, some of the logic behind it, and ultimately, practically, how do we do it? So starting in the book of Proverbs, 
One of the interesting things, Proverbs, uh, it's kind of surprising what it teaches off the bat. When we think about what Proverbs teaches, you often think, well, you know, Proverbs is less deeply theological. It seems to be much more practical, right? Ethics and what you do. But when it comes to this particular subject, it is kind of deeply theological because it says all your planning and all that kind of stuff is rooted in the sovereignty of God. Now, God is utterly sovereign over things. You know, the lot, as it says in 1633, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. You know, in 1921, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God is sovereign. God's purposes prevails. The lot, you know, is almost like, it, you know, imagine like rolling a dice to determine God's will was one of the ways you do it. And he says, you know, a man, his way, they're the one turning it, but God's hand is on what happens. Now, a lot of times when we think of God's sovereignty over all things, and the scripture talks about the sovereignty of God, you know, in one sense, I mean, it could feel great, but I think for many of us, it can almost feel a little bit oppressive. God is in control of all things. Does that make me some sort of like powerless puppet or something, or God's doing everything and almost have a harshness to it? But you're supposed to get the exact opposite feeling. Far from the sovereignty of God is something controlling and makes you lose agency or uh, is oppressive. It's actually supposed to be something that is incredibly comforting. And it's supposed to give you a sense of freedom. You know, it's the way a child feels when their parent you know, uh, when you feel like your parent, you know, has it all together, that they, they're, in, you, know, you know, they understand what I don't understand, they see what's going on, they're in control, and what should be the effect be on the child? Freedom. I can relax. I don't need to worry about that, because they have it. And that's really, in some ways, how the sovereignty of God is supposed to impact us, especially as Proverb, I think, Proverbs thinks about it. Because although God is sovereign, it says the agency, the thing that he actually uses, far from reducing agency, is actually you are working out your plans yourself, right? It says, in, in a man's heart, in the heart of a man, it plans his course. But the Lord determines his steps in Proverbs 16.9, right? In your heart, which is right, is your motives, your means, your thoughts, all that kind of stuff. That's where the course is actually planned out. But yet the Lord is actually determining the steps on the outside. In the same way on the inside, right? To humans belong the plans of the heart, it says in 16.1. But from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. Meaning again, it's here inside your mind where you are working out and thinking through what to say. But then the Lord's hand is on the words that actually go forth. That they're working together, right? Now... If you look at this, it feels a bit like someone could say what? Well, then what does it matter what decisions I make, right? If the Lord's working out the, you know, if the, Lord's working out the things, if the Lord's purposes prevail, if the Lord's working out the steps, what does it matter what I plan, right? And it's interesting, that very quandary is even mentioned in the book of Proverbs. You know, uh, it says in 2024, 20, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way, right? If the Lord's directing this... <laughs> You know, how am I supposed to know what's going on? You know, what, what does it matter what I think? But yet, Proverbs as a whole book speaks the exact opposite way, right? What is one of the main points of Proverbs? You have incredible agency in your decisions. If, any, if, there, if there's ever a criticism of Proverbs, it talks too much about the importance of your decisions, the importance of seeking wisdom and understanding of planning your way. 
I mean, uh, it's all over the place. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. No, if you want to be living the wise life, you are giving thought to your plans. But now we got a problem, don't we? Wait, wait, which is it, right? So in some sense, God is determining the steps and things like that, and, and yet our plans are incredibly important in our workings of our mind and how we imagine it. Do you feel it, it feels like a bit of a quandary here, but yet God's the one who's still doing the steps? How does this work together? And I think one of the things that's not explicitly taught by Proverbs, but I think it's there implicitly, is we start to understand a little bit more about, um, you know, what goes into our making plans and decisions. You know, here, as Glenn read earlier in 16, these verses, what sandwiches in between verses 1 and 3. Now, 1 and 3 are these classic sort of verses about planning the heart. To humans belong the plans of the heart in 1, and 3, commit your, commit to the Lord whatever you do, he'll establish your plans. But look what's right in the middle of it in verse 2. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. It's sort of the opposite of the uh, ends justify the means, isn't it? <laughs> you know, here it says, no, the means are everything, right? It's uh, what is actually happening inside of you when you're making those decisions, your motivations, and are being weighed by the Lord. And this is a key idea. In some ways, Proverbs is saying, the ends don't justify the means. It goes, the ends, the Lord has his hand on the ends. I'm all about the means. I'm all about what's happening inside of you. What's motivating you? What's going on when you're making those calls and those decisions? And I think that's really what's happening. Again, this is not explicitly taught by Proverbs, but I think it's there implicitly in the idea of becoming a wise person, is that what is God's overall purposes in the world? One of the problems we have oftentimes when we think about the sovereignty of God, for instance, is God is doing all these things in the world, right? And God's going to work out his great purposes and plans, and we're all just his tools through which to do it right? That's really a flawed way to understand it, right? Because God actually doesn't need us, does he? God can do whatever it is he wants. He doesn't even need us. Why does he use us? Because we are his plan. You know, of the world's for the glory of God, a key piece in which God shows his glory and his overall purposes and plans is us, our transformation, who we become. God shows his glory through us who are what? Made in his image. God is glorified when you think the way God does. When you see the world what he does. When you make a plan, that would be the plan that God would want. When you understand what is good and pleasing and right in his sight, as it says in Romans 12. That is what he wants to be transformed. Your mind will be transformed. Your heart will be transformed. So that's really what's going on is he wants to make us into little Jesuses, right? I think the way they're, you know, we were made in his image in the garden, we broke, and now through, you know, we come back to him, and through the Holy Spirit, he's transforming us back into our original purposes. Now we bounce back into the eye of planning, and we understand that when we make plans and purposes, and we, you know, make decisions, there's this incredible cauldron in which God can actually do his work in our heart to change us. He wants us to think the way he does, to engage with him and be changed in that process. Ironically, sometimes we make decisions, like I can make them too quickly, 
And I can jump over the process of allowing God to change me through it. Or when we pray, as Nikki, we talked about a couple weeks ago, right? We're supposed to bring God in and listen for God's voice. Oftentimes, we listen for God to speak to us, and we say, God, tell me A or B. Which path am I supposed to go on? Do I buy this? Do I buy that? Do I do this? All this stuff out there. When oftentimes what God wants to speak to is what's happening in here. Why do you want to go here and there? What is it that you value? What's important to you? What's going on? And that's what God often wants to speak to you about. You might say, well, practically, what does that look like? Well, let's say you have some big decision going on, right? And as you're praying about it, inviting God to speak to me about this, and what God speaks to you about is, do you know, I think maybe you just want to figure out what the easiest pathway is, don't you? What will be the least amount of strain for me? And the ease is not a terrible thing, right? It's not, a, it's not a horrible thing to want something to be easy. But it's not very good as a goal in life. Let's face it, if Jesus was looking for ease, do you think he would have gone to the cross? Would we be following him to the cross from a life of ease? No. But it's in that praying about it, you realize, oh gosh, it wasn't conscious, but in my subconscious, I was just trying to find out what was easiest and even determining God's will based on what was easiest. Or it could be the opposite, too. You're, when you're praying about it, inviting God to speak into you, you realize, wow, I have a lot of fear around this decision. And it might be that, wow, God, help me understand what it is I'm afraid of and what's going on with that. And the very cauldron of decision-making becomes a place of seeing these things. Like, let me give you an example. You know, um, for, uh, for those who don't know, we were sued some years ago. And I had the glory of having my name right up on top. It was really fun. Um, that was a new experience for me, by the way. I'd never been sued before, never had it up there. And I remember as I'm praying about God, what do we do? And I'm feeling, wow, I'm feeling a lot of fear. And I feel like the Lord's saying, okay, so what are you afraid of? Because fear is like a, a blanket that goes over you, right? Oftentimes you don't think what you're afraid of. You're just... And I went, you know, as I sat there and I prayed about it, I go, what can happen? What am I afraid of? Well, all right. It takes some money. Okay. And they'll say bad things about me. I'll be slandered or whatever. And I felt like the Lord said, and what else? And I said, well, okay, money, slander. I'm not sure they can do anything else. Okay. Now, what are you afraid of? You're right. I don't really have much to be afraid of. You know, it's like, is that it? They really can't do anything to me, if you think about it. What's that? You know, that stuff. But it was through those prayers and inviting God to speak into it, he actually released me from fear. So therefore, you could have more clarity out of how to make a decision, right? Or think about, like, the money thing. How many times have you think of this huge decision thing and you realize, as you're praying about it, you're going, wow, money seems to be all over this decision. It seems to be the very, like, you know, thing that's guiding this whole decision. Now, money, there's nothing wrong with money. Money is very valuable, but money is a means to an end. (laughs) Excuse me, money is not an end in itself, right? It can happen sometimes, can't it? I remember I was with someone else who was having this huge decision vocationally whether to take a job. And as they sat there and said, you know, what's appealing about this job? And they were just like, this job is all these things I've been hoping for and dreaming. I had this terrible job before, right? So he felt like he sold his soul, you know? And here he goes, there's this amazing opportunity. And I'm thinking, well, why doesn't, you know, I've told this story before, but, you know, um, 
But as, you know, why don't you want to take this? And what he eventually said is, the money's bad. So okay, you know, money's, money's real. So I said, so this will, you know, you won't be able to support your family, you know, if, if you take this job, you, know, if you have real expenses. And he goes, well, you know, we'll, you know, we're still okay, you know. I said, so what's the problem? Well, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a rung down. You know, he had been you know, climbing that rung of salary and stuff like that and realizing this was a step down. Okay. I don't even have to speak to him. He's just going, he's thinking to himself, going, and this is the wrong reason to. <laughs> you know, whatever, it's, it's to him and the Lord, right? The Lord needs to speak to him. He took the job. <laughs> and, and actually, it's funny, it, this was years ago, but just not that long ago, I got another little thing from him that he had taken another job. And he smiled and was proud of the fact that he took another rung down on salary. <laughs> but it was just the idea that as you go to pray and God may speak to you and change you about where your idols are and where your priorities are, right? That there's a transformation that happens in the planning. Like God, and God wants to use our thinking and our decision-making to reveal what's going on in our hearts and ultimately to shape us to think about it the way he does. So as we think about practically, okay, so how do I make decisions, right? And how do I make these giant plans, right? I think there's two, we, most of us, I'm guessing, fall into one of two camps generally when it comes to this, this topic. And I think each one of these camps have their own spiritual justification as well, right? What are the two great camps, you know, people tend to fall into, right? They're either the type of people who make really impulsive and quick decisions or the people who can't make a decision, right? I don't know which one you are, but those are the two general camps, right? On the impulsive side, and the spiritual justification, by the way, for people who go impulsively is what? I trust God. I trust God. I, I heard something, God, God's leading me this way, and I'm going to go that way. And I'm just, I'm believing God for this thing quickly, right? And generally what they've done is oftentimes hopped over the entire process of what God wants to do to shape them through this. And what's wonderful about those folks, too, is that if it goes badly, whose fault is it? God's. Yeah, it's great. They can really, it's great, you know. I always love the kind of language where people always say, well, you know, what, what, what's that? What's the, what is the classic line people always say? Everything has a reason. It's always this wonderful spiritual line. You know, you did something totally stupid and it smashed up on you. Everything, you know, it's all for a reason. Like it's God's fault again. You know, you might have been really dumb, you know. <laughs> Forgive that, you know, don't, don't bring that into the idea. But the idea is that's, that's one kind of thing that happens, right? And the other side, what's the other side? can't make a decision. Analysis paralysis, right? You just keep on going through it and you feel so much fear and so much tense and you need more information, more information. You gotta to talk to one more person, read one more book, read one more website, keep it, and you're just like struck and you cannot make a decision. Does anyone know this type? Yeah, yeah, we do. And those people are like, and, and part of it's true, right? You never have enough information, do you? It's not possible to get all the information you can ever possibly need, is it? Right. And what's the big problem with that, too, is, you know, I love the proverb where it says, do not boast about tomorrow. You do not know what a day may bring. Because you have no idea what tomorrow brings, right? Talk about limitations on what you could know before making a decision. Anything can happen tomorrow that changes the entire thing. You can't know what you need to know, right? You actually know this a little much. What's the real problem? Is you simply can't trust God, can you? To walk forward in it. You know, you're, God, show me what's right, you know? And you're stuck like that. 
But in some ways, you know, this is the, right, the, what is the oldest planning verse in the scriptures, right? It gets quoted again and again and again, but it's very apropos. <laughs> you know, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on the, all the different websites you're going to catch. You know, limited amount of information you can have. In all your ways, acknowledge, which means in all your ways, know him. Is actually what it literally says. Know God in all your ways, and he will make your paths straight. Then again, there's that, that, that uh, ultimate God determining the steps again, right? You know, God is have his hand on it. We know him, we acknowledge him, and we trust him, and we step out. That God is for us, not against us. That God is with us, and we can't know everything anyway. So ultimately, when you talk about what to do and to make these calls, right, there's a sense in which you're supposed to have a confidence to make decisions, aren't you? But not impulsively. That there's value to the thinking and the consideration to the gaining wisdom about it and allowing God to speak into you and change you, and then you make the call, right? I, I, there's one more word, which I'm just going to, it's I probably talked too long as it is, and this is probably, I'm enjoying this next word too much. So I just really, sometimes the Hebrew is so fun. And so this is a fun, fun bit of Hebrew thing, so indulge me. But I think it's great towards this. That verse then says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he'll establish your plans, which is a bit like acknowledging God, right? But you know what that word commit means? It means to roll something. You know, and almost every time it's used in the Hebrew, it just means literally to roll something. Like, for instance, when it says, um, you know, when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away. Same word. It says, roll your way to the Lord before so in a way, it says, when, let justice roll like a river, right? The way the river water rolls down like a river, that's what this means, right? And then yet it has a couple uses where it uses, it's used as a metaphor. One of them was here in Proverbs. Another one where it says, basically, roll your way to the Lord, trust in him, he will do this. And it goes, you know, he'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn. This is also give you the desires of the heart before you. It's that stuff. Uh, in Psalms 22, if you know, this is like a messianic prophecy where Jesus' you know, crucifixion is so you know, vividly uh, shown. And here the mockers are saying about the Messiah, about Jesus, oh, he rolls to the Lord. He trusts in the Lord. These are the translators trying to figure out what to do with this word. He commits, he trusts. It means he rolls to the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Right? But there's a great idea of what it means, you know, sort of like rolling, I've given it into God's hand, and now it's God's responsibility. Let him rescue him, let him do it, since he delights in him. In many ways, when we roll to the Lord, we do exactly what Jesus did right there, right? And that's the exhortation here. Roll to the Lord whatever you do. He'll establish your plans. That's the amazing promise to us, Right? Wherever you're walking with, take with all these plans before you, that you just take it and go, Lord, I give it into your hands. I roll it over to you, Lord, and now we're going to walk. Ultimately, is that trusting God? Yeah. So, practically, as I think about choosing a college, right? You walk into it as overwhelming and as huge as it is, but are we to walk into that decision with fear? No. It shouldn't be fearful. It shouldn't be overwhelming. It's a difficult one. There's lots of difficult decisions in life, aren't there? But you know something? We go there without fear. We go there with the confidence that God is in there, that God is able to work out those plans. And then you start to do what, right? You don't go impulsively. Okay, 
Let's figure out what we can figure out about this. Let's do due diligence, allow God to speak to us what he wants to. We roll this whole process to him. We say, okay, let's learn about how you pick a college. Let's learn what there is still. Let's learn about some colleges. And expect, too, that God's going to then speak into our hearts about what's happening in here. How do I want to be about this decision? And I don't expect to know at the start. I expect that we'll be different later on after we've given this thought, that we will find wisdom. And ultimately, what we will do? We will make a decision, right? We, be we will believe and trust that God will give us wisdom that we need, and we'll make the decision. And you might say, well, what if you make the wrong choice? Well, let me ask you something. Would there be a wrong choice? If we committed to the Lord, if we invited him into this process, if we rolled it unto him, would there be a wrong choice? <laughs> you know, maybe there would not be. And I don't think there is, actually. We've done what God has asked us to do, and it says, you know, in the heart of man plans his course, the Lord determines his steps, and we believe that. Right? And, and you know, and practically, right? It's more important what college you go to or what you do when you're there. But also practically, right? If it's so critical where we go, guess what God can do, right? He can bump you to the right. I have been bumped to the right many times in my life. I set my plan, thunk, oh, that's the plan. And it, I don't know if anyone's experienced this the last couple of years, the useful, uselessness of planning in COVID. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for COVID, that we may take one good... No, no, I mean, if there's a lesson to be learned by these things, it's that we've all kind of let go of some of our ability to control everything, huh? That we realize we make plans, we roll them to the Lord, and then... And keep in mind, right, when, if we're thinking the way the Lord is about something, how easy is it to adapt your plans? If you have his heart, if you understand the way he thinks and he sees this thing, how easy it is to suddenly bump over here and understand again what's good and pleasing in his sight. And you begin to live your life with this series of bumps, huh? You plan, you go, he moves, and you walk through life, and you do the very thing, hopefully, that he desires, is that you live a life pleasing in his sight, in fellowship with him, in dependence upon him, trusting in him, living for his glory. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And we gladly say to that, amen.